Iconic Talk. This is your community's podcast with conversations about real estate, local happenings, and all things Winchester, Virginia. I'm Mark Francis, a local realtor, broker, and owner at Icon Real Estate. If you want local knowledge, you've come to the right place. Well, welcome once again to our show. I'm excited to be here with you. Flying solo today, once again, it's not something I like to do. I really enjoy having someone else to talk with. Um, just the sound of my own voice can sometimes get exhausting. Hopefully you guys don't get exhausting, exhausted of it because we have all kinds of things to talk about today when it comes to um, cyber security. And it's not going to be me talking about it. I have an expert on it. But you know, when it comes to the way that I do business, when it comes to the way that we do business for Icon Real Estate, um, the world has gone digital. And, and I don't know about you, but for me, I hate paper. You can ask anyone who works with me, around me, for me, you name it. I will, I will, if you give me a piece of paper that has important information on it, you're likely to not have passed that on to me properly because it will go right into a trash can. I, I hate walking around with paper. I used to be the kind of person that was would document everything about my life um, when it came to business and when it came to my schedule and what I did for the day. I don't know if you guys go back to the day of the Franklin Covey planners. Um, if anybody out there is laughing at me because they think I'm old, there you go. Or if you're laughing because you say, I used to use that. Or if you're laughing because you still do use it, um, that, is, that was where I came from. I now live in the digital world. The iPad changed my life. I'm sure it's changed many of other people's lives. The iPhone as well. I didn't think I would need an iPad until I started using it. It changed how I do business. And um, for me, everything I do is digital. Now, the world we live in now... Um, criminals don't always go after paper anymore. <laughs> they're, they're going after the digital information to steal your identity, to find information to hack into your bank accounts, or you name it. And are you protected? I'm thinking to myself, I am probably not protected enough. I've chatted with my wife about this, and she's like, well, whatever. If they want to know what I have and, and what I did for my day and the photos that are out there, great, so be it. And that's, that's partly true. Um, it's funny, the other day we were driving down the road and um, I, I plugged into the GPS Maps, Apple Maps, of exactly where I was going to go. Before I even started typing it in, the name of our location popped up. And it was not in our Google Calendar. It was not in anything like that. I'm like, it was shocking, right? The world is listening. You just have to accept that, that your Apple is synced with the rest of the world. Google out there is synced with the rest of the world, and they're all sharing your information. So if, that's, if we all accept that, then what information are we sharing? Well, that is the point of our show today, um, because I can accept the fact that I know that my world is digital, and I hate paper, and everything is on my iPad, but am I doing enough to protect um, myself, my clients, my family, you name it. And I know I am to a point, but I have the expert on to share his advice for all of us. So he's, a, he's an amazing, just interesting guy. 
because how he came to town um, just a few years ago and has started up his own company is going to be interesting to you. And, and also his knowledge of just sharing basic tips. I'm going to call it essentially cybersecurity for dummies. So here's my conversation with the CEO and president of True North Group, Tom Stamoulis. Well, I'm here with Tom Stamoulis, and I'm excited to learn all about cybersecurity today. How are you, Tom? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for the invitation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's it's neat to have all perspectives and walks of life and people who are on our podcast because really, if you live here in town, you have to cover the gamut on all kinds of things, and you are an expert in securing your stuff digitally. Correct. Online. And before we jump into that, I want to just get a chance to learn who you are. So give us your background. Um, I think I heard rumor that you're in the Army for a little while. So tell us where you were from and how you got connected with the Army. Sure. So I'll get it out front. Uh, I'm originally a Yankee. Uh-huh. Uh, so okay. I was born as Old Salem Village. So it's uh, now it's Danvers, but it's up where the Salem Witch Trials took place. Uh, very colonial, uh-huh. and uh, after I graduated high school, I joined the military, and I spent um, a total of 20 years in the military, uh, mostly counterintelligence, and uh, the last few years, I actually started getting into more cybersecurity for the for the government, hmm. mm-hmm. and when I uh, left active duty, which was in 2000, I became a cybersecurity consultant. I started working for firms like PwC and KPMG, which are big audit firms. Uh-huh. And um, then in 2003, I got reactivated and went to Iraq. Wow. And um, while I was there, they found out what I did for a living back in the civilian side, and they uh, brought me uh, to the headquarters to build their data center. So we need, hmm. we didn't have really data centers when we first started. Right. But, uh, you know, did that. And then... Um, when I returned, what was really interesting is while I was gone, the whole Enron, WorldCom scandals, you know, the financial fraud yep. that took yep. place uh, happened. And then the government designed this new law called the Sarbanes-Oxley Law, which was designed to uh, ensure that financial fraud didn't occur in the future. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was the firm I was working for, we started to become basically just SOX auditors. And that's not really what I wanted to do because prior to that I was doing cybersecurity, uh, you know, policies and vulnerability assessments and, and helping companies secure their data. Mm-hmm. So uh, in 2006, I moved down here to Virginia and I got a job with a company in Northern Virginia that did specifically cybersecurity. Hmm. And uh, that was great. We eventually got bought by Verizon, hmm. and <laughs> which a lot of people did. And when I stayed with Verizon, I got to do my plan or my program, which was still helping small companies protect their data. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did that till 2015, uh, went to New York and uh, worked for a, a larger company to build out a risk program for them. And, you know, I had lived in Reston, I think since 2007. And when I went there, it was a lot different than, you know, 2018 when I was, get, when I was getting frustrated with it. So um, I had originally was going to move out to Tennessee, but uh, at the time, you know, they, I've been out here and, uh, a few times and I really liked it out here mm-hmm. and, uh, and it was remote enough. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I found a place, moved out here, quit my firm and moved to Winchester area. Mm-hmm. You quit Correct. and then you're like, okay, what's next? 
It will even. Or did you already have a game plan? Uh, no. Uh, what's even funnier than that is, is that, like I said, I grew up in, uh, like, in a colonial village, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and I went and bought 24 acres on the side of a mountain, and you know, got <laughs> you know tractors and all that stuff. Yeah. So it just, I, I really jumped in with uh, living feet, off the land, definitely. almost. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, and then um, you know, so I was. Part of it was I was tired of working with large companies because uh-huh. uh, there's a, there's really no loyalty. A lot of things change. Even if you're doing things right, they want to change things sometimes. So uh, at the end of 2018, it was like, look, I've always wanted to start my own company. I always had one on the side. Yeah. And I said, well, let's just give it a try. But I wanted to focus on small and medium businesses. Mm. And the main reason is that, one, they don't have the resources that... Uh, large organizations have they don't have the staff mm-hmm. and the other thing is is that the reason I liked Winchester is because it reminds me a lot of the town that I grew up in right and we had a lot of family-owned businesses and I really believe that the family-owned businesses in the small businesses here in Winchester what I try to tell people is is that there's a fabric mm-hmm. and that fabric has threads in it mm-hmm. and those threads are made up by the people in the businesses that mm-hmm. uh, live here and so every time a small business is forced to go out of business especially for something that's pre- that I feel is preventable like cybersecurity that fabric becomes less and less yeah. sturdy yeah and you end up nothing's yeah and you lose your um, your character. And that's exactly what makes Winchester a great place to live. Exactly. And, and you, you, you have quickly realized that. And that's actually one of the themes of our show. I mean, that's why we do what we do here, to talk about the local businesses, the local people. That's what makes Winchester great. I appreciate that you see that right away. That's kind of cool that as an outsider moving in here five years ago, you're like, this is a small town, and it's the people that drive the community, and I want to help the people. I mean, that's essentially what you're saying. And I like your expertise from the government. I mean, there's something there that tell us, are there any stories or any things that you learned and picked up from working with the government of how that impacts uh, what you're doing today? Well, I think that, uh, you know, well, you're going to remember when I started in the government, it was early, late 90s, so there wasn't a lot of internet. Things have changed. Right. A lot uh-huh. has changed. It was more, um, you know, telephone modems. They, everyone thought the government was hiding information. So we really started that program. I mean, now, you know, the, the individuals that are working for the government now, they have a far better tool set than mm-hmm. I had available to mm-hmm. me. And that was one of the reasons why I left active duty was because... Uh, I couldn't get the support that I could get on the civilian side. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So using your expertise and seeing what you have seen over the many years, what changes have occurred? Um, I don't want to scare everyone, but like there's a lot of, uh, of just hacking that goes on these days. Um, paint a picture of the world today as we know it um, in the digital online era that we are of and how things have even changed over 20 years. So what, what should people be on the lookout for? So one of the biggest things in, in that I deal with is that it's very hard for people to grasp the amount of data that they have, the mm-hmm. amount of sensitive data. You know, when you think of a company, just like Icon, mm-hmm. 
when you, you know, you go back 20 years, you would have had a, a room filled with file cabinets yeah. uh-huh. that were locked sure. and the windows were locked and you had a fire extinguisher there. And you knew that if that room uh, got destroyed, it would have a significant impact on your ability to do your business. Right. Well, you still have that same threat, except now all that data has been digitized and it's sitting on who knows where. Mm-hmm. It could be on a server. It could mm-hmm. be on... Part of it could be on your computer. It could be on a, a staff member's uh, computer. It could be in the cloud. Mm-hmm. So we don't know where all this data is. And people kind of just, they because they can't envision the amount of data that there is, they believe that it's something that kind of falls off to the side. You forget about it's it. It's not a priority yeah. because it's not right in front of you. Right, right. And uh, so I think that's, it, it's progressively gotten worse. I, I mean, criminals are extremely creative and they're constantly finding ways to bypass the security protocols that are put in place um and but the big thing i want to tell people is that probably nine out of ten times probably 9.9 out of ten times you're a victim of opportunity Mm -hmm. which means that a criminal found a vulnerability like maybe it was on your computer or maybe they uh maybe they bought a list of passwords on the dark web and they got to your account, right? And they found a vulnerability and they broke in. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't really targeted, like a company might be targeted. Mm-hmm. It's more, which means that it's actually better for us because if you apply the same techniques in your physical life to your digital life, then you become less of a potential victim Mm, mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is is that if you look at your house you could actually look at your house and and act as if that's your network okay and your front door is your security or your firewall if you're a business and you act that's where you allow people to come in and come out right Mm -hmm. but and then inside your house you have different rooms and those different rooms on your network could be where you have your your sensitive information, right? This is even a family, right? Then you have an area that's public. So when you have friends come over, they can use your Wi-Fi or whatever, but they can't access your your critical data. Right. And, you know, and then also like your house, to protect your house, you lock your doors and you shut your windows and you lock your windows and you have an alarm system. And if you use those basic ideas on your computer, you know, don't, install software that you got for free on the internet mm-hmm. um you know don't uh, visit you know we know not to walk down dangerous streets but <laughs> right. everybody goes everyone doesn't care that whatever website they go to right? right they just open it up and they don't even think right um we tell our children not to talk to strangers but people will open up every email they get mm-hmm. regardless of who it's from they don't even know who it's from and sometimes sometimes people just they they have to open it up Mm-hmm. And then that puts them at risk because they might go to a, uh, a bad site or right. get a bad document. So there's a lot of, so like I said, if, if you use your, the common sense that you use in your physical life mm-hmm. and you apply it to your digital life, you actually make yourself less of a potential victim. And what do you think the criminals are after? I mean, to me, the obvious one is money, right? I mean, they're going to be hacking things to, to find the best bang for their buck that they can easily get. What what other things might they be seeking to eventually get to that point where they're getting money? 
So um, there's a couple of terms that you'll hear. Sometimes you'll see them on the news. Is one is PII, which is personally identifiable information. So like your license. Um, then there's uh, PHI, which is protected health information. Mm -hmm. That's all the stuff. Every time you go to the doctor, you get a HIPAA notice that which says that you know only you can authorize who can see your medical data. Then there's PCI, which is payment card information. So that's with all your credit card information. And, and if you're a business, whether you process the credit cards or whether you outsource it to a provider like that. Um, and then for businesses, there's intellectual property, there's client lists and mm -hmm. customer lists, uh, you know, anything that is sensitive mm -hmm. to an organization. But for individuals, it's the PII a lot. Um, and, you know, an example is, is that uh, in real estate, Right, you copy my my license, mm -hmm. right? Um, and if you store, you know, you might upload my license to the cloud mm -hmm. to a, you know, to a uh, a processor, mm -hmm. so they can process my loan. But you should, if you don't delete my license off your computer, and your computer drive isn't encrypted, and your computer is stolen, you, you now have a, a data breach mm -hmm. because. My mm -hmm. personal information, uh, which, you know, and then if you think about it, we've been copying licenses as part of a real estate transaction right. forever. Sure. So, you know, it's, but, but if you encrypt that hard drive, well, then now you only have a device lost. You don't have a data breach. So you don't have to report to the state of Virginia. You don't have to send, you know, 3,000 emails out to your to your clients that you've had over mm -hmm. the last several years mm -hmm. uh you're you might you won't be subject to a fine or have to uh pay money for uh credit monitoring for three thousand people for the next three mm -hmm. years so there's the little the, like the little steps that we can take and uh, a lot like i said a lot of it is actually free because it's built into our operating systems we just don't um, turn them on and we just have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I feel like you're already giving us a bunch of kind of food for thought and tips, but you've also brought at least to me that I'll, I'll post out there for our show notes, 10 steps you can take to protect your business, which you're saying can also apply to individuals. Um, feel free. You might've already covered these, but give us, just walk us through what should we be thinking about of how can we truly protect ourselves? Okay, so I would say that the, the, the first ones are encrypt your data, uh -huh. and it, it has no impact on your ability to do your work or watch YouTube videos. All it really does is it jumbles up the data so that when the computer is off or you're logged out, mm -hmm. an individual can't... Uh, take that hard drive and put it in another device and get your data. That's okay. all that sure. really means. Um, and most of these are tied to our, our existing passwords. So it's just once you encrypt it, you use the same password that you're using. So that way when you log in, it decrypts it. So that's mm -hmm. one of the best things. Mm -hmm. uh, the next thing I tell everybody is back up your data. Okay. Um, and because we, we live digital lives, a lot now um and you know as a individual all our photos are are digital mm -hmm. I mean, you gotta think about the last time you printed a photo or had to develop film and it's been you know, probably a long time yeah. but if you were to lose all that data 
you'd be losing years and years of memories, mm -hmm. which you're not going to be able to get back. And mm -hmm. I've had people that have had that happen to. Um, it's a little bit easier now because we have like OneDrive and we have uh, Apple iCloud. There's there there's things like that, but iCloud doesn't guarantee that your stuff is going to be there all the time. Right. You know, right. It, it's more of a convenience than. Uh, than a uh, commitment. And they're not necessarily guaranteeing how secure it is either. Well, that happened a couple of years ago. I remember uh, one of the movie stars. It is a hack. Data, that, yeah, exactly. Right. So it's not really secure up there as well. So I would say, so what I tell people is if it's important to you, you should back it up at least three times. Hmm. Um, and, and that would be like onto a removable hard drive. Mm -hmm. Very simple, very inexpensive now. Uh, then I would tell people to... Uh, Back it up to the cloud, mm -hmm. you know, I, and then or iCloud where it's easily accessible, and then use a um, a uh, like a backup service. Which see now, there's your data, and then there's your entire operating systems, right? So what most people are backing up is their data, and they and if they lose their operating system, they have to start from scratch. So mm -hmm. I always tell one of those should be the entire. Uh, thing that makes up your computer your mm -hmm. operating system your files and things like that good uh and then definitely one has to be off-site because god forbid your house burns down and all three backups around your house well that doesn't do you any good yeah so you yeah. definitely want something off-site yeah um you know we all talk about passwords and so i'm not going to really belabor the password thing right. you know what i will tell people is is that that there are great password managers and I, and I encourage everybody to look into those. And what that is, is it's a password application okay. that is, that stores them in a secure vault on your computer. It will go, it'll allow you to go across multiple platforms mm -hmm. and devices. Okay. And you only have to remember one one complex password because I hate that I know I mean it is the worst where like you have one website that has a certain kind of criteria then another website has different criteria and you want it to be somewhat the same otherwise it's all jumbled up in your own brain right <laughs> and then I'm constantly resetting my password because I, I didn't document it I didn't write it down I'm a yeah, so total culprit of that so the password manager does that for you it'll actually create the passwords for you and what's really nice is if you go to the website it'll um It'll identify what the website is, and all you have to do is click on the little icon, mm -hmm. and it will fill in your password nice. and your uh, your username and your password and hit enter for you. Yep. So you don't even have to type it anymore. What's really also nice is you get that notice you need to change your password. Mm -hmm. Well, when you go to change it, the application automatically uh, recommends a, a uh, complex password. You click yes to it. It updates Genius. your password and it, yep. it's done. Uh, you can do your credit cards in there. So if when you know you don't have to type your credit card in all the time, you can just input your credit card data right into the application so you're not typing it in mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it can store documents, you know, like whatever, you know, shot records or, you know, uh, rabies, you know, for your dogs or whatever like that. So it'll do all of that. And what's what's really nice is that they all have now is they have what I call a shared folder. So that's where you put your Netflix and uh -huh. your Disney. Okay. So if you have to change the password, instead of sending out the password to your family members, yeah. they don't even know because it's there and it automatically Perfect. propagates to their devices. Perfect. So, yeah. And it's, that's the shared one's really nice yeah. because if you, you know, because we all have, 
you know, shared Netflix, shared Disney, shared whatever. Uh, it happened to me last night. I went to go log into Disney, literally. And, and uh, I think my son might, might even be the owner of that account because I went to go look at my files and it wasn't working. So I had to text him like, help me out, send this over to me. And by the way, he still has not sent me the password yet. So he's doing something on me here, but I've got to get that shared family password from him. Yeah. yeah. Give, it, give us like one more. Yeah, I know you sure. got 10. We'll be able to kind of cover all of them. But um, the, the next one I would tell everybody is... Uh, it's called a virtual private network. So okay. what I tell people is don't use open Wi-Fi to do anything business related mm -hmm. or personally financial related. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is if you go to Starbucks, that's open Wi-Fi. Okay. It's free. Everyone can access it. But it also means that criminals can access it and they can make you think that uh, you're accessing the Starbucks, which you are, but you're actually actually accessing it through their computer which means everything you type they capture mm. so what a virtual private network does is it creates a um a secure link between you and the device so mm -hmm. therefore they can't it, it's called sniffing because think about just talking in a in a room right if someone's within earshot they can hear it that's the same thing that they have they have um applications that will just listen over the Wi-Fi uh, range for all that data and then mm -hmm. they put it all together. So mm -hmm. uh, now I will tell you that if you're on your cell phone, your cellular program, you're perfectly fine because telephone, uh, you know, the tel telco is highly regulated, okay. it's well protected. But the one thing I caution people about is, is when you go to Starbucks and you uh, um, access the Starbucks Wi-Fi for the first time, Apple, in their being so kind, they will put it where it will automatically recognize right. every time you walk in. Right. So you might walk in, not realize that you're on the Wi-Fi, mm -hmm. and start doing you know business transactions or shopping, banking on or, or something banking like yeah. that. Yeah. So you got to really make sure that you're either on your cell, you know, on your cell plan, which is like I said, perfectly secure. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. that's for um, physical stuff. I mean, for um, for financial stuff. Sure. If you're just surfing, what you know, watching TikTok or watching YouTube, you don't need a VPN for that. Okay. It's really just if you're going to be doing anything that involves your financial stuff, like credit cards or shopping. Mm-hmm. Good. This is all just cybersecurity for dummies. I appreciate it. You're you're boiling it down to to the masses because that is me. I I I know just enough to be dangerous, but you are certainly more of an expert, which is why you're here and you have your company. True North Group. Correct. And you're really, like you said at the very beginning, targeting small businesses. So give us more of a highlight of what services you do provide because these all, all these tips are great. But you know what? It, it might be overwhelming. I mean, it's overwhelming to me even as you're talking. So if I want this taken care of and I just want to wash my hands of it, do I just call you? Yes. We, we can. Basically, what we do is we will work with you to identify what data are you protecting? Mm -hmm. um, are you held to any compliance requirements? Because with that, could potentially, you know, include fines. So we want to make sure that you mm -hmm. don't get fined. Uh, but also, you know, who are your clients? Because, you know, there's data everywhere and I could spew it for an hour, but th there's a lot of data that says that customers will consider leaving if the provider has been hacked hmm. or breached because mm -hmm. they've lost confidence. Yeah, right. So it's not just protecting the data. You're protecting your reputation. Yeah. And um, so you could spend 
you guys have been here for five plus years, yeah. right? Yeah. One incident could damage all of that great reputation that you've been building over the last five mm -hmm. years. And you might not even be able to build it back. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one of the, so what we do is we do an assessment, basically. We do a risk assessment. Um, I have a couple questionnaires. I walk people through them and I, and I give them a risk score. And 100 is the highest because uh, that's the worst. Yeah. Uh, and then it goes down from there. Okay. Um, and then what we do is we'll identify what I call the big rocks uh, mm -hmm. that you can do right away. Um, you know, and what I try to do is if you have an IT provider, then I'll be like, look, your IT provider can do these things. Uh, you need to do these things because they're management decisions. And then I say the rest I can help you with, or you can do yourself. Okay. Right? But, okay. You leave, but basically you leave with a roadmap. More of an assessment and then a game plan assessment and game plan and then I can help wherever you don't want so a lot of people don't like writing policies and you know you have to have like acceptable use policies or incident response policies and what's happening is a lot of companies that work with larger suppliers and providers are being pushed on by them uh, they're being asked where's your information security policy and a lot of people are like, I don't have one and they're like well you need to get one or we're not going to be able to work with you anymore mm. um, the federal government's uh, going down that path in the next probably two years if you don't if you're not certified with their new certification you will not be able to get or bid for government contracts hmm. and you'll lose the government contracts that you currently have mm -hmm. and the government's really serious about that because sure. they're tired sure. of people stealing their data yeah um so yeah so i mean and then and the other thing is is like uh, there's a, a term called chief information security officer and I do that in a fractional basis for huh. someone larger. So you have like chief, you have like fractional CFOs. Uh -huh. um, and it's not really that uncommon because we already use fractional. And that's where I tell people they don't think about it, but your doctor's fractional. Sure. Your dentist is fractional. Your dentist doesn't sit around 50 weeks a year just for the two weeks you show up. Exactly. Right? So we've done that. You use them for a period of time to help you solve a problem. And mm -hmm. that's what... Uh, a fractional CISO will do because it provides you the strategy, uh, the the road mapping, and it makes sure that um, you know it's like what I tell I tell people all the time. Also, just because you're a carpenter doesn't mean you can build a house, mm -hmm. right? You need an architect, and then the carpenter, but the architect can't do what the carpenter can do, and the carpenter can't do what the architect. Yep. So I work more as the architect okay. to help them figure out where they need it, and then they use their existing personnel. So it, it's really a good complement. Makes sense. Because not, not every local small business is going to afford a full-time person right. like you're suggesting. And so to be able to call on you as a service and get someone set up, assess what's happening, create the game plan and then be there for that dentist visit a couple times a year, whatever it might be. That's, that's perfect. Yeah. So one last question, and I think there's a story to this, the name true North group, uh, doesn't really ring to me cybersecurity protection. So how did you come up with that name and what does that mean to you? So the way I came up with the name is one of the first things you learn when you join the military is land navigation. And when, while you're going through land navigation, you learn that there are actually three Norths. There's magnetic North, there's grid North, and there's true North. And magnetic North is done with uh, a compass. Mm -hmm. And it is dependent upon the mag magnetism of the earth. And it can be, you know, if you're near 
metal objects, it can be swayed. Right. And uh, Grid North is you have to have these specialized maps that have all the grids in them, and you have to orient it. But True North is always there, and, and it, the way that I'm trying, the way I try to convey to people is, is that. I'm always going to point my customers in the right direction, mm. all right? And we're going to, in that we'll always be there to guide them uh, because as long as you follow the North Star, you know you're going north. And that's really the, you know, and that gets you to the point where you need to be. So we, what we try to do is we try to help customers take them from their existing and where do they want to go? Mm-hmm. And then we help them, and we do, and that's where the whole true north thing Love it. <laughs> Love it. Well, Tom, thanks so much for being here. Um, you definitely are a wealth of knowledge. Very enlightening. Um, how can people get in touch with you? Just give us a quick rundown of if, if what you've said is like, oh, wow, I need this protection. I, I can't do this myself. How do they reach you? Sure. Uh, so I, my, my website is the one way. It's, uh, it's tngllc.com. Okay. So it's very easy yep. there. Uh, then also um, on, on Facebook, I have a, a, a Facebook page for my company. Mm-hmm. I also have a LinkedIn page mm-hmm. for my company. Uh, I'm a member of the chamber. So I'm active in the chamber. So for any of the chamber members, they can find me on the Chamber Connect uh, page. Uh, and then, of course, I have a, a phone number, but uh, you can, I guess you can just we'll put that We'll figure it out. Hey, all of us are right. digital people from some standpoint. You know, right. We're not all paper, but yeah, exactly. We'll find you on the website. Tom, thank you so much. We are really um, grateful that you're here in town now to be able to help our small community. So appreciate it, Tom. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. You got it. Well, thanks so much, Tom. Uh, again, as we hyped you, you lived up to that hype. Um, you were able to just break down so many great tips. And and as he mentioned, he had uh, a paper that he brought in. Uh, <laughs> funny thing in the beginning of the show, how I said I don't do paper. Well, he brought in a bunch of paper. I will make it a digital format for you guys to, to read and put out there of the top 10 things that you can do to protect yourself and protect your business. I would strongly encourage if you are a small business owner, he is the person to go to. So um, what I did learn really mostly about the episode is just how um, how fragile things are um, of how easily things can be hacked. Um, you know, I, I really probably take my stuff for granted too much and I realize, okay, people can, can get into it and what do I have? I, I don't have a lot, I'll be honest with you, but if you break it all down, there are different things that um, we could be doing differently and better and I want to be able to support that especially for my clients. So I will just reassure all of my clients and the business um, and the people who work with Icon Real Estate, we do have a secured system. We do have a portal that, that all of your information goes into that is secure and established. We back things up. Um, and, and I do the same for my own personal things for my iPad that I shared in the beginning. So I will let you know that we are protected. Tom had great tips that I think I am going to um, <laughs> enforce. That password thing, I'm telling you, I struggle with that and I need to get that um, password assistant. Um, I, I think if it was an app or something like that, like that, but I'm gonna definitely pursue him to make sure that I can streamline my passwords and make sure that they are well encrypted, as he said. Well, 
That is not quite all for today. Let's go into what's happening this weekend. There are uh, several things going on. You know, first of all, school is starting soon, so I'm excited to to have a couple of different uh, people on over the next several weeks to talk about the school systems and things like that here for our Winchester and Frederick County regions. This Friday night, um, I was planning on promoting, it's called Gardens at Night at the Shenandoah Valley, or Museum of the Shenandoah Valley. It is sold out, so I'm going to get you all hyped up on something that's sold out. So keep your keep your eyes out there for those Gardens at Night time that they have in the summer series. They have a uh, group called The Return. It's a national touring Beatles tribute band. They have drinks. They have food. They have things like that. I will just say it's going to be amazing if you have tickets. But as of um, almost a week ago, they um, they were sold out. So be on the lookout, and we will pr- do a better job of promoting in advance those future ones that they have, so that way you can be on the lookout. But go to their website because... Um, the Museum of the Shenandoah Valley does great things outdoors. What I will promote are two other things happening on Saturday. One is called a yard crawl. They are claiming is Virginia's largest yard sale and shop until you drop location. It, it is up and down Route 11, where there is 43 miles of yard sales and businesses with sales up and down that old Valley Pike there. Um, on Route 11, and it, it, it'll be amazing if you just go up and down there. There's obviously no tickets involved. There's no, there's no beginning spot or ending spot. It's going to basically it's a partnership with the town of Stevens City and the town of Edinburgh in Shenandoah County. So anywhere between that whole stretch, 43 miles, is going to be the yard crawl. I've never heard of it before. I think I need to go see it to believe it, but it would be pretty cool. Second thing that's happening is on Saturday night is Appalachian Chamber Music Festival. So for all of you uh, enthusiasts of folk and fiddle and bluegrass and those kinds of genres of music, come to the Appalachian Chamber Music Festival um, this Saturday night, 7.30 at Goodson Chapel on Shenandoah University's campus. And they have great names of people performing, really awe-inspiring kinds of uh, backgrounds of flute, strings, clarinet, bassoon, French horn, you name it. They've got um, inspirations from Beethoven and Stravinsky that they are planning on putting on an amazing festival. So that is a ticketed event. You can go to Eventbrite for those details. That's just a, a few of the things happening here around town, and there's always far more than what we can share. But We really appreciate you joining us on this episode of Iconic Talk, and we hope you learned something from today's episode and look forward to sharing more with you next week. Remember, when you look for a real estate professional, make sure they're experienced, innovative, personal, dedicated, and available. We thank you for spending your valuable time with us because we would really, really love it if you take a moment to subscribe and then also share the podcast with your friends. Let them know that they can be found. We can You can find Iconic Talk on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Come find us, like us, share it, subscribe. Thanks so much to our editor extraordinaire, Sydney Battaglia, and on social media, me, Gordon. Until next time, think Iconic. Iconic.